Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Talking about chicken a la king Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh Real potatoes and vegetables With roasted garlic and basil Zucchini ziti Granola fruit bar Look at all this beautiful food Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds But all I care about is what is in their fridge My guest today, a hilarious comedian who's been on The Tonight Show, on Conan. He has multiple albums, including Smiling at Wolves, Innocence, and his new special, which I just watched and was hilarious, Cult Classic, which you can watch on YouTube for free. Please welcome Joe Zimmerman. It's me. It's Joe Zimmerman. Thank you for having me. Your special was so funny, which we will talk about or not, because the food podcast is not a comedy podcast. Okay? Okay, yeah. Don't hold me to that. But it's very funny and people should watch it. But let's get to the important stuff, which is your fridge, which you guys can see Joe's fridge on my Instagram at StandUpDan. Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Couple things. First off, it seems the vibe I'm getting is you're a Whole Foods guy who also likes to support the local guy. You're a little combination of the two. That that 100% describes me. You could also describe me as a, a man of convenience. Okay, not a man of the people. I go to the local rest grocery store in Astoria, which is very small, and I have to walk about half a mile on hand and foot. And then occasionally I'll do a little, I'm ashamed, but I'll do a little, uh, of course, I'll do a little Amazon groceries. You know, I am over the qualifying that people need to do for ordering Whole Foods from Amazon or going to fast food and saying, I never go to McDonald's. But you know what? We're all doing it. Everyone knows that we're all doing it. We're just trying to pretend like we don't do it. So now you can swear swear your allegiance to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> no, uh, it's true. A lot of people are mad at Jeff, but uh, but nobody's actually not buying his stuff. They're all buying his stuff. Yeah, Jeff makes life easy. I would like to think if I didn't live in New York, I would support sh- shopping in person even more. But it's hard to have a car in New York. And if you don't have a car, you don't you don't get to put groceries in a trunk. You're just lugging groceries everywhere. Well, I'm going to make the argument from a car place from L.A. Mm-hmm. about why I still support our fearless leader, Jeff, because... I have to get into my car, then I have to go get parking validation, and you know, then I gotta walk around, oh, yeah. and I True. have to smell. I have, I have to tap on my own watermelons. No, mm-hmm. I want someone to tap on the watermelon for me. I'll write in my notes. Please tap a watermelon and make sure it's hollow sounding until you find the right one. I was gonna say, I feel like I would just be, I would just be given a bad watermelon by the whole whole by the delivery guy. And I'd, I'd be fine with that. I tell them to make me an audio note of their tapping of the watermelon and send it to me. And uh, then I will uh, bestow my judgment upon it. Um, but you have a lot of the Whole Foods uh, usual suspects. You've got the yep. peanut butter, which, by the way, peanut butter does not have to be in the fridge, FYI. <laughs> I feel like I was just trying to show you everything I got, you know? <laughs> you just you just took the whole pantry and put it in the fridge. I would say I would say sixty percent of the time I store my peanut butter in a cabinet and forty percent in the fridge because I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on that, and so I just end up doing a mixed thing myself. Yeah, I get that. I'll tell you what I've started doing, which makes me which makes me feel like I'm living on living on the edge is butter outside of the fridge. No, that's that's heavy. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I leave it out. That's going to get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I just, I'm waiting that for that knock on the door at 3 a.m. from the cops. I know it's coming because I got fucking non pasteurized butter on my counter. I don't give a fuck. Butter is a, a type of dairy, right? 
Butter is a type of dairy, but the whole raison d'etre of butter, the whole reason we have butter is because it was a way to preserve dairy before we had refrigeration. So butter Mm. in itself is supposed to be a solution for not having refrigeration. So, you know, I think that now we're a little more squeamish about that stuff so we don't do it. I mean, kind of same thing with yogurt, but like you ain't going to put yogurt outside of your fridge. Yogurt's going to go bad within four hours, I promise. (laughs) I would say usually the peanut butter is in the cabinet. I'm not sure what was going on on this day, but... That's okay. We're going to give you a pass here. You have a horizontal bottle of Oatly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's... Not even standing up. It's horizontal. Ass out. No, not ass out. Whatever the top would be. <laughs> dick out. It's like it's little Oatly dick. Yeah. I find that to be better for space. But, you know, some people might disagree. It is very sexually suggestive is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oatly, I'm very brand loyal to Oatly, by the way. It's by far the best of of the 74 oat milk options. I agree. I think they came into the game. They came in hot and heavy, mm-hmm. and they took over the brand. Um, I think it's them and Chobani are the two highest ones. Yeah. But Oatly's definitely tastes great. But then you read about how oat milk is like actually made out of like pulverized baby bones, and you're like, oh no, I can't have oat milk anymore either. Um, like it's supposed to have a lot of stabili- like artificial stabilizers and stuff like that. That's just big cow trying to get back at their profit share. <laughs> It's just the farmers. The farmers' association is fighting back, and they're putting some yeah. some false propaganda out there. Oatly's amazing. I will say the stock. I was I was I was thinking the the stock IPO'd in twenty twenty one. I thought it was a surefire bet, with Oprah backing it and Natalie Portman backing it. It had so much hype. The stock is down about ninety nine percent from where it was. Is that true? It is one hundred percent true. That sounds crazy to me, though, because Oatly does seem like the leader of the of that sh- that market share. I think there were a lot of people like me who were like, "This is the future," and so we're going to price this company the same as uh, Facebook, and uh, <laughs> and it was just very overpriced to start out with, and now it's back finally down to probably where it should be priced. Right. It was like, oh no, this is just. It's just a condiment. It's okay. It's just milk. <laughs> Most people just use oat milk like t- for their coffee, like just to add a little bit to their coffee. So it takes, and also the shelf life of Oatly is way longer than milk. So you can just right. kind of just keep it in there. Mm-hmm. At least with milk, you got to keep recirculating. You got to keep going. I actually, I'm, I'm going to make a confession here in front of you, Joe. Oh. I came back from... Uh, from being on the road and uh i made myself a cappuccino which i make every morning nice and milk. uh it, my milk i poured it out into the steamer and it was it felt gloopier than normal oh but i was so desperate for my morning cappuccino that i just went with it i, d- I didn't even smell it or anything mm-hmm. i just ignored it and i f- i foamed it up and i poured it in and as i poured it in it was like it was like a slinky going down the stairs. It was like it was like chunks of milk just just yeah. kind of cascading into my milk. And I even took a sip. And I thought, <laughs> oh, maybe it's just like this is like a fat, it's like a high fat milk. Maybe it's like a high fat content milk. And it was absolutely the most disgusting thing I've ever done. So I yeah. think the main I think the the way to go is to have one thing of regular because I love regular milk. One thing of regular milk and one thing of Oatly on the side for like emergency, in case of emergency. Between the milk going bad and the butter, leaving the butter out, I'm not sure I trust you on this peanut butter thing anymore. (laughs) Okay. You know what? You make a point. You make a very good point. (laughs) What is this hipster soda? Is this like a natural soda that it's another thing that they just cloak in you know, to make you feel like you're actually healthy drinking soda. I'm just, I'm ready to find a soda that I like. And I keep experimenting with all these new pops and fizzies. And so far <laughs> there is one that I like, but it's not that one. It's not the pop one. I think it's called just, I think it's called soda or something, but it's hard for me to find it. 
This is called Culture Pop. Yeah. It's an I, orange mango. Probiotic soda. I mean, whatever happened to Coke? Whatever happened to Coke? Coca-Cola. Sprite. I think it causes cancer or something. I think it was proven to cause cancer in rats or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a barrier for entry if you mm-hmm. want soda. Okay. You yeah. can't have your cake and eat it too. You have to sign up for th- five years less life and you have your soda. Yeah, there's there's a lot of sodas fighting in fighting in the new market, this new world of, of hipsters and health people. And uh, they haven't dialed it in yet, but they're working on it. That one. You know, it, it's was, funny you say that because I actually think the thing that has dialed it in is something that you have in your fridge, which is the gingerade kombucha for me. Mm-hmm. The bubbles are fucking violent. Yes. And it gives me that soda satisfaction the sugar seems lower they i I have a feeling it's higher than they say it is but it's a low amount i think they're lying Mm -hmm. it's a low amount of sugar it gives me that soda kind of um i don't know i i think i found my soda substitute and it's that synergy gingerade kombucha i drank kombucha for about four years before somebody told me it had caffeine i was drinking it at a bedtime it's apparently not a bedtime drink kombucha has caffeine it's a nice little caffeine substitute in the afternoon if if you want a little boost afternoon boost wait i don't believe that hold on i'm look. oh so you didn't know it had so i'm not the only one that didn't know it had caffeine let's see kombucha is caffeinated because tea leaves are used to make kombucha ah black green white and oolong i didn't know that yeah there you go a little boost gives you a little boost a little boosty you are a beer drinker though you like uh you like your fermented drinks. You've got uh, Victory Sour Monkey Sour Triple. I like the sours. I'm a big fan of the sours. Yeah, the sours get a lot of guff because I used to live in Asheville, North Carolina, and there's a bunch of sour bars that have popped up, and people make fun of them. And I think it's because drinking more than one sour is too much sour mm. for me, yeah. at least. But if you drink one beverage or even two-thirds of the sour it's the right amount of sour i'm with you i love sours because i have i think i'm allergic to hops which is so lame to say but i just think it's a thing mm-hmm. like when i have hoppier beers i just break out sours have very low hops so i start experimenting with them and i love them and they're delicious but you're right if you have two it just feels like you're drinking raw like vinegar um it's a little too much too much tart you just need a little bit of it I think the problem with the marketing is they shouldn't even call it beer because it's making the traditional beer people mad. Well, I mean, sours are a very traditional beer, though. Like they are, I, I believe that they're they're just as old, if not older. Like it's one of those super natural. You know how like orange wine actually predates red and white wine. I think sours are like in that same category. Okay. I wonder if it's like they used to have mead. I wonder if they used to have sours around the time of mead. Yes, there was a great war of what to use as the preservative for beer, right? So hops are actually preservative. That's the only reason that they have hops. It's like preservative and an herbal flavor. And it was hops and mugwort were the two things that were being used as the preservatives. And there was like a huge fight between like who's going to win, mugwort and hops. They're both just like plants. And like the church, for some reason, got behind <laughs> got behind hops they were like mugwort will make you sexually active and make you you know make you cheat on your wife and and beat your kids hops calm you down <laughs> well boy they were wrong about hops <laughs> they were so wrong about hops <laughs> I, i've heard a fun fact and i don't and i want to know if it's true i really want it to be true that the dark ages they drank beer partly because if they drank the water they would get sick and so they drank a lot of beer beer and they had beer soup in the morning that was a thing in the dark ages that is true coffee came to europe and just immediately the renaissance and the enlightenment happened so like that's like i know i know historians are like it's not exactly like that but it it feels like it's very close to that i've heard that theory of the second part that it's like yeah people were suddenly drinking coffee and they were up and and writing sonnets all day (laughs) but the first part is definitely true where b 
beer was the the it was like the healthier alternative. There, the beers were much lower in alcohol, though. Um, okay, that explains. You know, it, it was like a two percent. Yeah, so you're same just with drinking wine. water. A lot lower also. You're just drinking watery beer yeah. at breakfast. <laughs> it's like yeah. a. I um, guess you're drinking um like 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 natural natty natural light to start the day. Yeah, like, you're having a natty light in the morning. Um, the only like the high octane beers from back in the day. Now we're turning into a beer history podcast, but the uh, the monks. The Trappist monks were making uh, super high octane uh, beers that were very high in, you know, they were just like chunky in oats and minerals and this and that because they would use them during Lent uh, as their as their as their only form of sustenance. So they would only be drinking that to keep them going all day, and it had to be like a balanced diet within a beer, which is why these Belgian Trappist ales are so like hearty and, mm. you know, nourishing, as they would say. That's how I like my beer. I like it to be thick and nourishing. Yeah, me too. Man, I really want a Belgian beer right now. You just really sold, you just really sold Belgian, sold me on Belgian beer. There's one that I feel like the name is very not woke, which is uh, Delirium Tremens. <laughs> which is the which is the symptom that you get from quitting alcohol when you start hallucinating? Oh wow! Yeah, they're like goading you. It's like calling Diet Coke, uh, you know, liver cancer. Yeah, I don't trust the coffee shops with like symptoms in the name, like jitter, the jitter spot. But, there, but there's a lot of a lot of places that are like jitters or the jumpy monkey. I don't trust those places. Do you drink? So you don't drink caffeine, I, I imagine, since the kombucha. The finding oh. out about the ca- caffeine and the kombucha threw you into a tizzy. Well, what's hidden? What's hidden? What what you don't see here in the fridge is a big part of me, which is I'm I, I'm obsessed. I'm very into coffee shops. I, I just I get up, I walk to a coffee shop, I drink a, the fanciest cappuccino I can find, and I just uh, it's it's the highlight of my day is is that fancy fancy. I love that coffee people complain about the prices of coffee the the higher the price the happier i am i don't care i don't care about the quality i just want it to be a very high price you know i started making coffee at home because i got like a fancy pants breville espresso machine so so like i didn't go to a coffee shop during you know inflation oh yeah and then like one one day i went and i was like what the fuck happened (laughs) it's like seven bucks for a cappuccino it's wild but I, i'm with you i it's i mean is that an every morning thing that you do i mean i i i look at it as i'm i'm doing an hour and a half or two hours of work or pleasure and so i'm i look at it as a very cheap rental space that's true i mean i'm looking at we work spaces now yeah we work space will hit you back 600 bucks a month so you divide that by 30 it's 20 bucks a day so you're actually saving, let's mm-hmm. call it 10 bucks a day by having your coffee shop coffee and not going to WeWork. That's how I look at that's it. That's why they went bankrupt. Oh, or that's how I'm going to start looking at it. So thank you. <laughs> you live in New York? Where in New York are you? I'm in Astoria. So I walk about seven minute walk to my one coffee shop. And then if I'm feeling frisky, I'll walk five more minutes to another coffee shop. <laughs> and and you run into you run into friends and comics at both. And, uh, you know, you get to know the baristas. I don't have a, I don't have a day job. So I, if I don't do that, I interact with zero people during the day. Yeah, I get it. It's funny because when I, I don't interact with many people during the day cause I live in LA and I live that life. But when I go to New York, I feel like so overstimulated. Mm-hmm. It's so delightful. I feel like those dogs, like those, when those like city dogs goes go into the country and they start like rolling in the grass. When I go back to New York, that's how I feel. So, uh, so you you enjoy all that all that buzzing commotion? Yeah, I need it. I need it. Did Did you used to live here? Yes. I have a theory that people their first month in New York say things like, uh, "Oh, you know, the streets really are alive. I love it." And uh, and then people tend to move away around year ten when they're like, you know, there's just a lot of rats and raccoons. The streets really are alive. I feel like uh, I feel like there's a, a, the one year person and the ten year person are uh, 
it's about how long long it is is about 10 years how i feel like all my friends have moved to la how long were you here 12 years yeah so yeah your theory is correct yeah i am trying to plan my ceremonial return to new york but i'm not sure that's ever going to happen but astoria is an interesting neighborhood because it has a very big greek population or have you have you uh explored the greek foods around there Yes, uh, I'm right near uh, Taverna Kakleides, which is the famous one that everybody always talks about. There's always a long line uh, out yeah. the door, but you, so you go at you go at 4 p.m. and you have an early dinner or a late lunch, and then you get a good seat. So I'm right near Ignanti, and uh, yeah, they're old old staples. There's also so many Greek bakeries, but I just love a story because it's actually. Qu- quiet it's kind of quiet it's not like you're when I, as soon as i hit manhattan i get a little bit uh overstimulated but i feel like a story i can handle i've never been to taverna cyclades and i hear it's great oh yeah so it's it's an experience you you you'll sit down and you're just surrounded by loud loud everybody's shouting because the acoustics bounces everything around mm. around so you have to talk even louder to hear each other and then everybody's talking loud and uh, they bring, they bring uh, like more lemon potatoes than anybody could possibly eat, but everybody gets you know a pound of lemon potatoes as their side. Um, That's fun. And they have a secret, you know. Supposedly, their lemon potato recipe is a a, a long held secret from the old country. We brought this secret from the old country where. Uh... Uh, you roast potatoes and then you put lemon on them. It's a secret that no one can ever find out. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing the secret is uh, they were they were marinated in lemon for a while. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't call them lemon potatoes if you don't want us to know how you make them, Cicladis. Call them secret potatoes. And let us figure it out. You're like, it's our secret lemon, thyme, salt, pepper. Uh, and olive oil potatoes. <laughs> you just gave it all away, Cicladis. But they are, I will give them credit, they are better lemon potatoes than any any other lemon potato I've had. So they're doing something. How many lemon potatoes have you had, Joe? You know, I've had, I've had lemon potatoes from at least three different places. Minimum three different places. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I host a food podcast. I've written a book on food. I've never even fucking heard lemon potatoes before. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you got to come to Astoria. They're a Greek restaurant staple, at least as far as Astoria goes. Every Greek restaurant. <laughs> really? Like, it's like the obvious side dish that you're supposed to choose on a, in these Greek restaurants. It's like, you get the salmon, and they assume, you're like, we assume you want lemon potatoes with that, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would come to Astoria and do a whole... A lemon potato tasting. I would hit all the lemon potatoes if you haven't tried them. I mean, egg on my face. I had no idea. Spanakopita on my face. You also get Greek in your freezer. You've got Greek yogurt bars called Yasso. I'm so, I'm so Astoria. <laughs> You're so Astoria. Although this definitely seems like a racist, like appropriating of Greek. Like, hey, Yasso. It's like, <laughs> that's what they yell when they throw plates on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um is it a good ice cream it's a it's a it's a yogurt substitute and my friend who was trying to lose weight was like you gotta try yeah so it's so good the problem is they are low calorie so you just eat like three of them instead of one right to make up for it you have a lot of ice cream in your in your fridge oh yeah all right yeah. you got yeah. a lot of ice cream you got your ice cream sandwiches which i i always associate these with being five years old <laughs> No, I'll stand by. I'll stand by three sixty five ice cream sandwiches being the the best ice cream sandwiches. Is that true? I I one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent true. Although I will say there's another ice cream sandwich in the in the freezer door that you can't see. Uh, it's a whole different brand, and I figured out mm-hmm. through taste and looking at the ingredients that it is the exact same ice cream sandwich. Oh, you think they're just using the same co packer? Yeah, because I've heard uh, I've heard uh, Trader Joe's does that. Apparently, Whole Foods is doing that with this particular ice cream sandwich. Whoa! Yeah. You got a scoop, everyone. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. But scoop. It's the best. It's the best one on the Whole Foods. I promise. Um, 
My f- my favorite childhood ice cream snack is definitely the chip witch, which is the <laughs> two chocolate chip cookies with vanilla ice cream on the inside, and then the uh, r- like uh, chocolate chip ring on the outside. Yes, um, delicious. That, Love that was my favorite thing ever. I'm curious if anyone's updated that and making like a hipster new version of it. The chip witch would be a great hipster upgrade. Uh, there could there could be a gourmet chip witch place that just takes off in Bushwick. Mm. I think you could be oh, the person 100%. to start it. I think you could be the person to do it. Yeah, it'll be called Chip Witch Trials, and uh-huh. what we do is you vote you vote on which ones are your favorite ones, and we keep those, and then we we uh, we burn the others at, at the stake every Friday. <laughs> chip Witch Trials. Oh, you could also go the. The hipster route and go, uh, you know, chipster witch or uh, hip w- or hip witch. Hip witch is good. I love. I will say, I'm a huge fan of the hipsterification of any food. Yeah, um, I'm here for it. I I have said this before. Um, as foodstradamus, I I predict food trends, and I predicted the hipster fish fillet sandwich was going to have a moment, and boy, mm-hmm. did it have a moment! It's having one, a huge one, and. It's a wonderful hipsterification that I think benefits us all. What's your favorite hipsterification? The, the, the arancini ball was a big one. I don't know if it's come and gone, but I'm, I enjoyed the arancini ball food stands around Brooklyn. Big snack guy, and an arancini ball is a perfect little snack-sized option. Arancini balls are good, too, because you sound fancy knowing what they are. Yes. It's like, you know, and then you sound fancy describing it, too. Like, oh, it's... You don't know? It's a risotto ball. They take a ball of risotto and then they yeah. deep fry it. And I got yeah. to have that experience. I got to have that experience. Nate Bargatze, who is not cultured at all, I was with him in Australia and Aaron Sini was on the menu and he had never heard of it. And I was like, it's a rice ball. You'd like it. And he he he's, he immediately forgot what it was called, but he loved the rice ball. You can give it to anybody. They'll be a fan. It's very fun to travel with comedians who know nothing about food and open their eyes. Brett Ernst is my Nate Bargatze in that. We we travel very often and he's like, what's this fucking uh, green shit? I'm like, it's kale. It's you'll, you'll like it. And he's like, ah, it's not bad. I, just, I don't fucking, I don't. I feel like I'm with a four-year-old child when I go touring with him. I like that he gets <laughs> mad at all the foods he doesn't know. He gets pissed when we go to like we go we'll go to like a like a gastro pub and he'd be like, "Why do they got fucking seventy five fucking beers on this menu? Just give me fucking three choices." And then he has like some weird one, and he's like, "This is fucking good." <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, likey. Well, all in all, I'm very impressed with this fridge. Uh, is there anything that I left out that you'd like to put a finer point on? For some reason, you just reminded me of an old trick in elementary school did you ever do this trick where you were super hungry and you pretend like you haven't had the food that the other person is eating like oh what's that oh they're like it's pizza and you're like i've i've never tried pizza before and they're like you've never tried pizza you have to try pizza and you're like oh i guess i'll i mean sure i guess i could give it a shot that trick always worked through elementary school (laughs) <laughs> that's so good and i love that it's a food that you've obviously had like oh you guys have you guys have rice <laughs> it works it still works if you it works with nice with with kind generous people it works like a charm but you just feel like you're taking advantage of them at that point i'd be the asshole who's like yeah well pizza's great you should try it sometime nom 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 nom, nom no nom. Well, you're you're smart you're wise to the the mischief that exists in the world <laughs> now i am now we all are you sent a picture of a of, of a pantry closet, it seems, of a <laughs> cupboard. Yeah. Uh, um, normally, we just ask for the fridge. We just go through the fridge, but this is extra content. You can get this on our OnlyFans if you subscribe. <laughs> I to give you the full explanation. I've been I've gone through four soups in the last two weeks because it's getting it's gotten cold. So I've been blowing through soups. Yeah, you've got. It sounds like you're sponsored by. It looks like you're sponsored by Amy's Soups. Yeah, I actually, um, actually, I've been I've been blowing I I, blowing through soups and popcorn lately. It's good winter weather food. I don't know that popcorn is has a season associated with it. I think it's pretty 
season ambiguous. It's the they them of snacks. It has no <laughs> clear binary. For some reason, I associate popcorn with melted butter, like sitting next to a fire, cozy fireplace, and it's blizzarding outside. Really? I don't know why that is. Maybe I've gone to a lot of movie theaters. Maybe I've gone to a lot of movie theaters during the winter. That might be it. Yeah, maybe that's it. That sound. It definitely sounds like a like a Scrooge McDuck thing to do. Like sit by the fire with a. <laughs> With a heaping bowl of popcorn and think of whose lives you're going to crush the next day. Yeah, I wanted to give you the opportunity to uh, to plug or give myself the opportunity to plug Kachava. Are you familiar? Kachava? That bag right there? No. Chat, I'm not familiar. Ch- but as, yeah, go ahead. As a non-sponsor of the podcast, I'm going to say it's shit until I try it. Yeah. Uh, comedian Chad Daniels uh, made me a cachava-based smoothie. It was the tastiest thing I've ever had. It's it's a it's got all the superfoods, all the stuff you could ever want in a in a meal replacement type of smoothie. And it's chocolatey, and uh, it's got you know eight million vitamins and probiotics and everything you could ever want. I have to recommend cachava. I am gonna push back. And not just because they're not a sponsor, but mostly because they're not a sponsor. But I'm going to push back and say, I am always highly dubious and highly suspicious the more health things that are written on a package. And this package seems to be chock full of lines and let's call it 14 font. Mm-hmm. I see the, the words that I see thus far are plant-based. Yep. Well, I'm already out. Superfood. Go fuck yourself inspired by something i don't need to know what my fucking fake chocolate is inspired by you don't want to know i see the word essential even better than you could have guessed inspired by ancient wisdom oh my god (laughs) stay the fuck away from kachava everyone the whole body meal a whole body meal it's got every vitamin oh my god it's got all the magnesium, phosphorus, iron, calcium, manganese, chromium, molybdenum, fluoride. You, you know what you want. You're just reading the periodic table of elements. You know, That's all you're doing. We know. It's got we, it's got thromium. It's got 16% of the daily value of chloride you need, so that's good. Uh, it's got plant-based protein, <laughs> omega, antioxidant, adaptogen, super greens, probiotics, Ugh. and digestive enzyme blend. Wow. Oh green God. veggies. It's got so green stupid. veggies. Wait, it already said super greens. Can you tell me what the difference is between a super green and a green veggie? Uh, I think it's just two different no. ways probably to say the same thing. By the way, I love that there's chloride in this. Like like you're drinking a, a swim uh, like a public swimming pool, but they mm-hmm. still put it on the label like so that you're supposed to think that it's great. Like, hey, we, we've got vitamin A, B, C, chlorine magnesium cyanide uh, iodine <laughs> iodine pantothenic acid you know you love a little pantothenic acid Ooh, daddy loves his pantothenic acid <laughs> can't start my day without my pantothenic proud partner of rainforest trust so we all know rainforest trust oh. is a trustworthy company all right it's got the word trust in it it can't be bad <laughs> we're basically rebuilding rainforests by Eating cachava, which is nice. <laughs> by drink, by eating chlorinated chocolate. It does have that classic description of, you know, born on the side of a mountain in a small kitchen on the edge of a jungle. Daniel, you know, his story or whatever. Yeah, it's always like, once Daniel decided that he no longer wanted to work at a hedge fund, he instead wanted to do good. Once Daniel was done selling arms to child soldiers in the Congo, he decided to switch gears. We always hear about and the hedge fund people that have, you know, quit their hedge fund to do something good and then they became successful at that. We never hear about the hedge fund people that quit the hedge fund, took up their new venture, failed horribly and went back to their hedge fund. Right. Cuz that happens a lot. Oh yeah. That must be a great day at the hedge fund when they're like, oh, go, look, everyone, Grant's back. Sorry, your biodegradable dental floss didn't work, you fucking loser. Come on. Let's go sell some AK-47s to... uh... (laughs) 
He's like, it's still selling a little bit in Peru. No one gives a fuck about your dumb dental flaws, Grant. <laughs> now let's go bankrupt a small country and make money off of it. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to work, work for a hedge fund. I'd like to do the reverse. Come up as a comedian, quit, go into a hedge fund. You know, it's funny. I feel like I have a decent grasp on what the day-to-day life is of many professions. I really have no clue what a investment banker or a hedge fund person does like when they walk into the office. I imagine they sit by a computer. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell me. Yeah, and then I don't know what happens. Like there's a big money tree and they shake it and then they just catch all the money. No, I think it's because they won't give you a straight answer as to what they do or they'll act like it's too hard to explain. But I do know one, I have one good friend that has worked for years trading commodities at a place like that. And over the years, I've basically gleaned that he has three computer monitors and he just keeps his eye on the price of natural gas commodities and then occasionally takes phone calls and sells futures to just other banks. Yeah, I don't know what any of that stuff means. That, it's just, that I think they're just calling other banks, selling stuff to other banks. Like, how do you call a bank? What is the phone number for a bank like that's not the customer service line that I'm used to? Mm, I th- is there right. are there different? You know, they I just don't. Yeah. I just there's a whole world. They've got these secret internal numbers that I guess we don't know about. I would love a secret internal number because whenever I call Bank of America, it takes me 45 minutes to talk to somebody. Maybe I should call, and when they ask, "What are you here for?" I should say, "I'm here to." trade you natural gas futures and then i'll i'll get someone right away yeah ask for charlie at wells fargo the natural (laughs) gas division you have also in this pantry uh a beautiful le creusette uh grill pan in the classic burnt orange and oh and behind that is a a little a little grill that i do tuna melts in since i was 14 that grill is about 25 years old you're you're very nostalgic when it comes to your food. You've got the tuna melts. You've got the ice cream sandwiches. I don't know a lot of adults. I well, do you have children? No, I don't. Okay, yeah, I don't know how many adults sans children who just have ice cream sandwiches lying around. Why wouldn't they? What better way to eat ice cream than in a sandwich form? I can't wait for this to be used admissible as evidence on the true crime podcast they make about you, Joe. When they find out. <laughs> That you were just like... If people aren't eating ice cream sandwiches, it's because they haven't tried the whole 365 brand. (laughs) 365 ice cream sandwiches. They're not just for children anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, I see what you're saying. The true crime. Like, I have have a child hidden in my apartment that I feed ice cream sandwiches. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was trying to be subtle about it. But yes, I was making you a child molester in my little (laughs) aside. This is a classy food podcast. People are here to hear about ingredients, not about hidden children who are being fed. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the terrible kidnappers in the world stock their pantries full of food that the <laughs> child will love. Right. All right. What is it today? Is it going to be uh, mac and cheese or, <laughs> or pepperoni pizza? Uh, those are the two closest kid foods that I could think of because I don't really know what kids love. Oh, chicken maybe I should have said like chicken fingers. Chicken fingers is the one that comes to mind. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Chicken tenders are my go-to McDonald's meal. I do love a good chicken tender. There you go. Not because I have a hidden child in my house, but it's hard to mess up. It's hard to mess up a chicken tender. So if you ever do taste a bad chicken tender, you know something has gone horribly wrong. No, you should definitely step away from that tender. Okay. Well, again, respectable fridge. I like it. You'll get a decent score. I promise. I'm definitely not known for my fridge. What, what are you known for? Because you quickly said you're not known for your fridge. Like there was something else that you're definitely known for. Coffee. Known for coffee. Uh, known for being, you know, just a great person. Wealthy. That's about it. Now you say you're a wealthy person, but your background is a sheet that is made to look like a brick wall. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, well, I didn't want to intimidate anybody with the, the gold and the... Uh, and the actual oh. actual Van Gogh painting that's behind it. I didn't want people to like try to steal my paintings. 
So I covered it up. Yeah, don't go to Joe's house. There's no Van Gogh. There's just a brick sheet. <laughs> that it does. It looks like you're doing a bad job of being in the witness protection program as someone who used to be very wealthy and is now trying to pretend to fit in with the commoners. You're like, look at me and my and my faux brick wall. I uh, yeah, I got this during COVID to do some very bizarre Zoom gigs for corporate holiday parties. Easiest money we ever made. <laughs> Zoom gigs during COVID, corporate, was crazy. And I questioned my own sanity because a few of them, the audience, just they muted everybody so, and their faces. So I'm just me talking to a computer, <laughs> hearing and seeing nothing back for half an hour. And then, oh my God. then you get a check in the mail and it's just very strange. This is just a bunch of like people in a boardroom jerking off to you doing comedy. <laughs> I don't even I don't even think anybody was there. I think they all just left their computers. So what's with this hip new sour beer all the kids are drinking? Well, we were right. It isn't hip or new at all. The thing that gives sour beer its sour taste is wild bacteria. The stuff just floating around in the air. The 19th century brought us pasteurization, refrigeration, and domestication of bacteria strains so we could add a way more muted bacteria and take out the sourness and funkiness of beer that people didn't love. That means that before the mid-19th century, all beer was sour. That's 4,000 years of sour-ass beers. Sour beers virtually disappeared as lagers and ales came into prominence. Since the 1970s, however, sours have become increasingly popular amongst beer drinkers all around the world, and some of the best ones are made right here in the U.S. of A. So we're going to get to the questions that I ask every guest, starting with, what is your earliest food memory? I'm going to go with a, a traumatic one. Third grade, every week we had Sloppy Joe's. And the kids all called me Sloppy Joe because my name is Joe. Mm. And so I had a, mm. I developed a really negative association with the Sloppy Joe sandwich. By the way, talk about a sandwich that could use a hipsterification. Ooh. Sloppy Joe is ripe for a hipsterification. I think you just called the next trend. Sloppy, Sloppy Joe Zimmerman. You can do it, man. This can be your like immersive therapy to try to get over that childhood trauma. Exposure therapy. I start my own sloppy Joe shop. <laughs> sloppy Joe Zimmerman. Okay, what is your death row meal? Um, let's say, let's figure out why you're in death row. You go to a Greek restaurant and they bring you the lemon potatoes and you're like, my God, I must know what's in these potatoes. And they're like, it's a family secret what's in the lemon, thyme, salt, pepper, olive oil, potatoes. And you're like, fucking Stavros. I can't take it anymore. And you just get up and you fucking Quentin Tarantino his ass with a with a, a butter knife that is on the table. And now you're in, on death row. What I is thought you were going to talk about the child that I had kidnapped, but I'm glad you went with that. No, that's fine. They're okay I, with that. They let you I, off I, after like three months. <laughs> I also love that you use Stavros as a name because I literally see Stavros Halkius the well-known comedian walking around Astoria. He lives in Astoria. That's how Greek he is. It's a, a little on the nose, Stavros. A little on the nose. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, I would probably choose um, Thanksgiving dinner, stuffing, mashed potatoes, turkey, cranberry. Mm. Um, big fan of Thanksgiving That's dinner. That's a Green Eggs and Dan first. No one has ever said that. That's a good one. I like that. Oh, I was I was assuming everybody said that. <laughs> no, everyone says steak. Steak is usually a steakhouse steak is usually the last meal. Mm. No, I would go I would go Thanksgiving dinner. Hopefully and hopefully my mom would cook would be there <laughs> reassuring me. <laughs> no, your your mom's been taken away because of the crime you're committed. Yeah, I guess Thanksgiving dinner would be a little a little different if you're eating it by yourself next to your executioner. But um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're just making small talk with them. Like, so do you like do you like marshmallows on your yams or are you a no marshmallow guy? Uh, well, I actually like the marshmallows. 
Have some. Take the hood off. That's a good one. Okay. It got dark. It's it got crazy. Dark. It's crazy to think that that's a real thing to actually get a last meal. And well, what did you pick for your ears? I'm curious now. I went all out because uh, I, I had my friend interview me on the show for when my book came out. And I then I had like a fucking 10 page annoying answer. I don't even remember it. But it was a lot of stuff. <laughs> it was like it was such a pretentious, dumb answer. But if I had one food that was going to be my death row meal, um, it would probably be <sighs> one food death row meal. It would probably be like a shawarma sandwich. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like to make a good shawarma sandwich. Yeah. What is the best high-end meal that you've ever had? Oh, well, I've been to Vegas a few times recently with some fancy people. And uh, there is an incredible Mexican-Spanish place called Javier's. It's very high-end. I think it's at the Wynn. I think it might be racist to call something a Mexican-Spanish place. Let's just start there. Okay. (laughs) I thought you were going to say to call it Javier's. (laughs) Yeah, it's Javier. Um, I think Spain and Mexico are two very different places. To my Spanish and Mexican listeners, lo siento. Nosotros sabemos que están dos países diferentes. Gracias. Unless it's like a fusion Spanish-Mexican restaurant, in in which case I am wrong. It's a very fancy... You've watched your words. Watch your words. I feel like there's some sort of fusion going on, but but I'd be curious um, now to find out. Javier's, let's see. It's Javier's a, presents a rich heritage of elevated Mexican cuisine in a friendly, captivating environment. I think it's just elevated Mexican. Elevated Mexican. Okay, so yeah, so I, I was wrong to combine them. And then best steak place that I've been to is called Bavette's, also in Las Vegas. I feel like I've heard of Bavette. There's such fun fucking steakhouses in Las Vegas. That's like the only thing that you should be eating in Las Vegas is a steak at a steakhouse. But Javier's looks cool. I'm looking at it right now. They go all out. I think they go all out in Vegas because they want to impress the millionaire billionaires. And so they'll just go bananas. They'll just go bananas on their restaurants. Well, yeah. And it's also a good place to to win the for the casino to or the hotel to win their money back that they've given to you in the casino. Yes, exactly. It's all a scam, man. It's all a scam. I like that your take is that I won money. You told us you were with some fancy people. Spill the beans, man. Were you with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan? Who were you fancying with? I, I, I do so much Amazon Prime that I, I have special access to hang with Bezos. Um, we, we hang twice a year because, JB. because I'm such a regular. <laughs> what is the best low-end meal you've ever had? When I when I think of low end meal, the first thing that comes to mind is White Castle, but that doesn't mean that's mm. the best low end meal. Uh, the best low end meal, I feel like taste to price, Chick Fil A's got to be up there. Mm, the old T to P, T to P ratio. Yes, I'm pretty ambivalent. I think this is this is going to be a, a lukewarm take, but I'm very like ambivalent on Chick Fil A. I like it, but I don't. I rarely crave it. If I'm if I want fast food, am I not doing it right? Like, do you have to have it there? Is it one of those things? Like, you need to have it fresh. Are you, how are you not eating it fresh? You're you're getting it delivered. I get it delivered to my home. I leave it on the counter for seven days. <laughs> I cover it in cream cheese and then I eat it. The only way I've ever had Chick Fil A is just at the Chick Fil A. But yeah, you get in a little I, paper sack and uh, you, you put whatever condiments you want on it. You just get a chicken sandwich. If you want pickles, fine. If you don't want pickles, that's also okay. But you got to get the chicken sandwich. You got the soggy bread, and it all works out. Very fresh, very steamy. I mean, very fresh, very steamy. It does not sound like a a very appetizing way. It's also nice that that the workers there are probably in some sort of cult because that's how friendly they are. I'm with you. I like places that have culty workers. Trader Joe's, definite cult. Mm-hmm. In and out, definite cult. Yes. Chick-fil-A, again, I've never been. I usually just get delivery, but um I'm gonna go and 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 talk to the cult members and see what they're up to. That's why I like going to Utah for anything because any everyone who works in Mormons are like 
the nicest people in the world. Yes. And they all work everywhere. So everywhere you go, it feels like you're in the friendliest cult ever. The best, one of the best, one of my favorite food experiences was Salt Lake recently having Nielsen's frozen custard. What is that? I didn't know what it was, but somebody told me it was like on a list of top 10 things you have to eat before you die. What? And yeah, so now I'm closer to death for sure. Uh, it is, it is like a Dairy Queen blizzard, but thicker and more delicious and apparently custard. I, I don't, it tastes like ice cream, but better. I don't know how to describe it. Oh my God. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. I shared our screen. This looks legendary. It's so thick and it's got flavors. It's it's like pecan and cherry. It's got these incredible flavor combos. Um, it does seem to straddle the line between solid and liquid. It's like mercury. It's like the mercury of ice cream. And it stayed solid the whole time. I couldn't believe it. Nielsen's frozen custard. That, wow. that should take off. That needs to take off because... Better than any ice cream I've ever had. And they don't say things like, we discovered these ice creams while being with a shaman in Peru doing ayahuasca. No gimmicks. Just, hey, this is some fucking full fat ice cream. You're going to lose a couple years of your life and you're going to yeah. fucking enjoy it. Yeah, there's a lot of calories in this more than you ever want to know. Um, but, uh, but, it tastes, but it tastes really good and we're Mormon. Do you have a favorite drunk food? Uh, I think any diner you go, you get an egg sandwich probably would be my answer. Any egg. You know, it's funny because egg and cheese sandwich uh, in New York especially is my hangover cure, which is my next question to you. What is your hangover cure? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess my answer is similar for hangover. <laughs> but uh, definitely I would say egg sandwich. But um, other than egg sandwich, yeah, you just want something hot, fatty. Yeah, hash browns, egg Steamy. sandwich. Oh, I remember in college, people, every everybody in my college swore that Sonic, the fast food place, was the best hangover cure. And so Sonic would just have long lines every Sunday morning of college students trying to cure their hangover. A lot of people have a soft spot for Sonic during college. I've actually never been to Sonic, so I cannot comment. Mm -hmm. Um nor do I have much of a desire to go to Sonic. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't see what it occupies, what space it occupies in the fast food uh, uh, tapestry. I don't really get what it brings to the table. I think that's probably why it seems to be fading off as an entity. Yeah. Not great branding. I don't like your name. Yeah. Yeah, your name doesn't tell... Sonic? Like, <laughs> like a sound? You're using a sound... A, uh, like a, a sound adjective to describe your food? Fuck you. Fuck Sonic. But we are open to having you as a sponsor, Sonic. And uh, Yeah, we could change we'll that. Speak. This is what I do. I shit on brands so that they're forced to <laughs> advertise on me so we that could, I'm nice to them. You could turn the whole brand around if, if they got behind you. Yeah. Who's your favorite celebrity food personality? Ooh, favorite celebrity food personality. I guess the chef on Sesame Street. The chef on Sesame Street? Yeah, that guy. No one's ever said the chef on Sesame Street. Um, is that Popcorn? Was that the name of the chef? I believe The Swedish chef. Yeah, the Swedish chef. That's the guy. You know. The Swedish chef. Yeah. Huh. What do you like about the Swedish chef? He's just charming, likable. Also, I don't know a lot of celebrity chefs. You don't say. <laughs> I will will say my mom just requested has been very excited about a book called a new book called the No Recipe Cookbook. So I'm curious if you've heard of that because she asked for it for Christmas. No, but every fucking year someone puts out a book with a similar thing of like you don't need to know how to cook, you don't need recipes, just follow your fucking uh, gut, follow your instincts. It'll tell you everything. And it's like you read these books and like, oh, you have to have gone to culinary school to know how to make any of this shit. Yeah. So tell your mom that it's a gimmick, and she should just use Google as her. <laughs> yeah. As her, as her cookbook. My mom is an amazing cook, and she does that annoying thing where she'll go, I'll go, wow, this is amazing. And she'll go, oh, it was really easy. And I'm like, 
Yeah, it was easy because you have 40 years of cooking experience that you know exactly the right things to do at the right moment. LeBron James saying dunking is easy. You know, I'm picturing you yelling this at your mom over like a beautiful Thanksgiving spread. It's exactly what I'm doing. I'm yelling at her. She's weeping. I'm like, this was hard to make, mom. Admit it. This was super hard to make. Stop being humble. It was a labor of love. Oh, again with the fucking labor of love shit. What is your desert island food? So you're trapped on a desert island. There's one food that you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You will never get tired of it. I'm a big snack guy. So the finalists would be apples and peanut butter, chips and guac, uh, crackers and cheese, carrots and hummus would be the four finalists. Okay. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Maybe grape, grapes. <laughs> gra- if it was a really good batch of grapes. <laughs> you get you get one food. You don't get like a, a married couple of food to bring to the island. <laughs> Everything was chips and guac, crackers and cheese. No. You get, we're separating families on this island, okay? Oh, so I just have to die of whatever disease I'm, whatever nutrient I'm missing after three years? Yes. Unless apparently you bring that dumb fucking chocolate cachava shit that has everything you need forever. Yeah, this would have everything I need, cachava superfood. So first of all, I've heard, I've heard avocados have all the ingredients you need to survive. So if I was being boring and efficient, I would choose avocados for survival purposes. No, but let's just let's not take the let's not take the metaphor too seriously. This is not for survival. Favorite one food, and I can't combine it. It was very funny that all of them were combined foods. Well, since when do you have one food that tastes good by itself? Everything has something, doesn't it? I guess you're right because mine would be like pizza, and pizza is bread and tomato and cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I take it back. You're right. I take it back. I think it was just the rapid fire way you said this and this or that and that and this and this or that and that. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is allowed on your desert island. Ooh, it's tough. I'm, I'm going to go out. Th- I'm on, out on a limb and say pesto, fresh pesto pasta. Mm, that's a great one. Thank and that's you. not a one that you think of very often. I'm never like, I need pesto pasta. But when I have pesto pasta, I'm like, how could I live without this? Yes. I love that answer. Good for you. Good for you. You brought it back. Even though pesto pasta is like seven ingredients. (laughs) So many things. What food can't you stand eating? Definitely sun-dried tomatoes. If it shows up in a salad, it just rubs me the wrong way. Sun-dried tomatoes. And are you time traveling to the 90s a lot to have salads? (laughs) Yes. Fortunately, it doesn't. Create a problem very often. I was going to say. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Sun-dried tomatoes is good. But I'm, I'm definitely a person that it's hard to find a food that deters me. Yeah, same. Last question, my favorite question. Uh, what is or what are your restaurant pet peeves? Okay, well, it used to be uh, when I was addicted to Sprite, it used to be when you had to I loved the free refills so much that I got really bummed out if if they didn't bring me a, a refill. Without you asking? Wait, you want refills without you asking? It used to be like, I guess what I'm saying is like... The, just it's a, a yes or no question, Joe. Answer the fucking question. Did you want refills without asking for the refills? I, at the good places, they, they say, do you want a refill? And you say, yeah, with water or anything. I like that. So I have a small pet peeve with place that doesn't refill your water or whatever. Okay. Which is all of Europe, uh, by the way. All of Europe. But um, Yeah, Europe is not a big water drinking with meal place. But I would say my, my, my better answer is lately I've been going with these groups of, of guys. Like on tour, we'll, they'll occasionally go to a really fancy restaurant with a group of guys. The whole tour, you know, we'll wrap up the tour with a nice restaurant and i've noticed a really good fancy restaurant everything's just right and you you barely notice the server you know but but a lot of these fancy restaurants they'll give you a seven minute elevator speech up top and you're just sitting there waiting Mm. for him to tell you all about how great the restaurant is that you already chose yeah and then they'll hit you they'll be like two different people 
that come back so frequently that you can't get the momentum going on any kind of conversation. So all of a sudden, the whole meal just becomes talking to like Jonathan, your server. So I almost, almost right. my pet peeve is like the overly uh, in your business, in your life server. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, especially, you're right, you do see that at Fancy Pants restaurants. When they start saying, chef recommends this many dishes, and chef recommends, when they start referring to the chef like he's a fucking deity, that's when I, I really lose it. It's like they're trying to bond with you because they know they're going to get a huge tip, but it's like, we really, well, you really just want to hang out with each other tonight, you know? Yeah, exactly. Is there a QR code that I can just order off of and you just bring the food here? <laughs> Joe, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you very, very much. I really loved your special. You guys should watch it um, on YouTube. It's free, which is nuts. That I, I would love to hear about that process off the podcast because sure. it's a food podcast. No one cares. But thank you again. And tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, I'm at Joe Zimmerman on Instagram. Dan and I just followed each other. So we're going to be bonded forever, bonded for life. Uh, I'm at Joe Zimmerman and, uh, yeah, I just did that new special cult classic on YouTube directed by Nate Bergazzi and, uh, I'm excited about that and would love to hear what, what y'all thought. You can message me on Instagram if you'd like. It's a fantastic special. Thanks again, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.